I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm on my way to heaven. I know, I'm glad I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. And, uh, and I pray that you know the same for yourself. All right. Well, let's get into the Word of God tonight, 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to begin there in, in verse 13 tonight, 1 Peter chapter 3. Begin there in verse 13. Good to have Brother Frank here with us this evening. I believe his wife uh, back there in the back with us as well. Uh, or his daughter, whichever one it may be. Uh, but good to have them here with us tonight. Thank you for being here. Amen. All right. Well, let's get into the Word of God this evening, 1 Peter chapter 3. And we was talking about this morning uh, how we was going to talk about the answer. Uh, and that is uh, the title of the message tonight, The Answer. 1 Peter chapter 3, and as we begin in verse 13, as we begin in verse 13, uh, we're going to notice a couple of different things. We're going to see, of course, uh, the Apostle Peter talking to God's people who are suffering persecution during this time, and some things that uh, he begins to tell them that will, of course, today in our time give us some hope uh, as we see uh, the different things that they're going through, and then also as we go out into our community uh, next um, uh, next week, and uh, we are talking to people, sharing with them the answer. And as we talk about this morning, uh, how we are ambassadors uh, to ambassadors of the Lord Jesus, going out into the world uh, and speaking to uh, folks about what the Lord has done for us. Uh, and so tonight, we're going to be talking about the answer and what is the answer that they need to hear. And there, in verse thirteen, the Bible says, "And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good?" Now, the Apostle Peter, of course, asking them a question, who would harm you for doing good? And, of course, evil is the only one that would harm somebody for doing good. Uh, and so he asked them a question, who is he that will who is he that'll harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Notice what he says there in verse 14. He says, but and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. And so here we're, we're, looking, at some, uh, we're looking at some Christians who were suffering some persecution in the area that they were in. The area that they were in. And the Apostle Paul, I mean, the Apostle Peter says to them, who is it that would harm you? Uh, who is it that would come against you? Who is it that would, uh, that, would do, uh, that would do evil to good? Who would do something like that? Uh, well, in our minds, of course, we can always, uh, we, we go right to the fact that the devil, of course, is against anything that is holy and righteous and good. Uh, and so anything that we face, of course, that would be evil in this world would, of course, come. Uh, from, uh, uh, from a satanic power uh, and his demons. And so who is he uh, that would harm you? Who is he that would do the righteous evil? Uh, who is he that would do such a thing? And of course that would be the devil. Because what did Jesus say that the devil came to do? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, and so as we understand these things, as God's folks, as God's people, as we come out, not just there in that time, but even today in our time, as we go out and uh, as we go out and we knock on doors or as we go out into our community or we're at work or 
uh, wherever it is that we are. Uh, maybe we're at, uh, hey, listen, sometimes, uh, sometimes even uh, your own family. Listen, sometimes that can be pretty difficult too. You can face persecution in the midst of your own family as well. But regardless of where you're at, regardless of what's going on, the Bible shows us that what is the energizing force behind that? But what is the energizing force behind that which would do, uh, seek to do uh, harm to those that seek to do good? That would be the devil, of course. Energized folks that are energized by the devil, even possessed by the devil and his demons, whatever it could be, to go out and to cause harm and to do righteousness evil. Those that seek to live well, those that seek to further the kingdom of God, those that seek to tell people about Jesus and, and the saving power of Christ, the devil do everything he could to stop that. The devil do everything he can to get in the way of that, to hinder that uh, in any way, shape, or form. And so the apostle Peter, he says, who is he that is going to do these types of things? He says, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. He says there in verse 14, if you do suffer for righteousness sake, he says, happy are ye. Uh, now, I understand you sit here tonight and you say, well, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard for me to think about me being happy suffering. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to think about being happy as I'm, as I'm suffering. Even if I'm suffering for righteousness sake, uh, sometimes in my mind, you know, it kind of seems like, man, I should, well, why would I be happy about this? Well, the whole idea is this. As you think about this, now, the Lord Jesus uh, the Lord Jesus, as we talked about this morning, uh, he took upon himself the sins of us all. He that knew no sin became sin for us. And so what happened? Man, he was taken to the cross and he was, uh, he was crucified. He was beat. His beard was plucked out. All, he was uh, stabbed in his side. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails. Uh, I mean, he was uh, marred more than any man, as the Bible says. And so as we think about what the Lord Jesus went through for us, a man that knew no sin became sin for us. And as we talked about this morning, uh, the one who was the uh, the one who was offended is the one that reached out to the offender. And what a what a uh, so when we think about this right here, why would I be happy? Why would I why would I be why why would I uh, think about rejoicing when I'm facing some uh, uh, some persecution for trying to live a righteous life or trying to live for God? Because it is in that moment, it is in that instant where we can say, you know what, I'm suffering some persecution for living for the Lord. Now is my opportunity to let God so shine in my life that much even brighter. Uh, that I'm not saying that it's gonna not gonna be. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. I'm not saying that it's all that it's and this will be a, a joyful experience. But there's another side to that. What we see is, man, a great opportunity that we have uh, to be a tremendous light and a tremendous witness to the world. For what reason? For what purpose? Because we want to take a look at it here in a second. You read a couple of verses. Uh, we read it down a little bit. And the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man. Because when they see the persecution that you face, when they see the different things that's happening in your life, how you are uh, being spoken evil against and the uh, terrible things that people may be saying or doing to you in your life and you're just trying to live a good, godly Christian life. And when these things begin to happen in your life, uh, the Bible says that folks right here, we read a couple of verses down. We'll get to it here in a second. That we need to be ready to give an answer to every man. And why would we give an answer? Listen, you would only give an answer to somebody that's asking a question, right? And why are they asking a question? Because they see how you're living your godly life in the midst of that persecution. They see how you're living a godly life in the midst of everything that you're facing. They see how you're living a godly life in the midst of everything that you're going through, in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the darkness, in the maybe perhaps in the midst of the slander, in the midst of all of these things. Because what does verse 16 say? The, verse 16 says, having a good conscience... 
That whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers. And so people that uh, you're trying to live a righteous life and people are condemning you for being an evil person and saying slandering you and, and saying all evil kinds of things and maybe even perhaps doing things against you, becoming like your adversary. Well, who was against that? Listen, who was really our adversary? It's the devil himself, right? It's the devil. He's our, he's our adversary. I mean, listen, the, the devil will use anybody. Uh, the devil will use folks that are lost. And the devil will use folks that are saved. Amen. Listen, we can, allow, we can allow ourselves to let the devil use us. Did you know that? You know a saved person can allow, can, can allow the devil to use them? Whenever, think about, think about Peter. Whenever uh, the Lord Jesus was talking about how he was going to go to the cross. And what did, what did Peter do? In essence, really, Peter looked at the Lord Jesus and, and pretty much, uh, in essence, said, Far this be from you, you know. And the Lord Jesus looks at Peter and he says, uh, and he speaks through Peter and speaks directly to the devil and tells the devil, in essence, really, to get the hints. Uh, he, in essence, really speaks right through Peter to who the really driving force is behind Peter, and that's the devil. Who is, who is it that's the one that's energizing? It's the devil himself. It is evil. Who who is it that seeks to bring harm to, to those that are living righteous? That is, uh, that is the devil. That is evil itself. And the Bible says that there in verse 14, that listen, when you suffer for righteousness, Nate, he says there in verse 14, he says, happy are ye. Happy are ye. In other words, blessed. You're blessed. And you say, well, I know the persecution doesn't really sound like a blessing. But the blessing side is, is this. It's not always, I didn't say it was joyous. But the blessing side is this. The blessing side is this, is that during this time of persecution in my life, I can use it, I can use it to be a blessing. During this time in my life, I can use this to let my light so shine. Because maybe, just maybe, that these people are, that are saying these things or, or doing these things to me as I'm trying to live for the Lord, maybe, these, maybe, what, maybe what they need to see is the love of Jesus. Maybe what they need to see is someone who will respond differently. Someone who maybe perhaps will turn the other cheek. Maybe perhaps instead of someone that, that maybe curses them out or says something to them, that they'll, meet, they'll be met with someone who decides to pray for them. Amen? Or something different. Listen, I tell you what, the Lord Jesus offered us a different way, far different than the world. And the Bible shows us there in verse 14, the Bible says, If you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer. Now, how many of you are always ready? Man, now we're all not always ready, are we? Some days we're more ready than others, but we're not always ready. But I tell you what, it's always good to try to be ready. Uh, but some days we're a little bit more equipped. Some days we're a little bit more, I guess, I uh, feel like you're a little bit more spiritual some days than you are others, you know. Uh, but he says there in the text, he says, be ready always. Be ready always. And so why do we need to be ready always? Because, listen, we never know who's going to come our way. We don't know who we're going to come in, in contact with. From day to day, we have no idea of the divine appointments that God's going to lay in our path all along the way. I mean, people that you've never seen, people that you've never, uh, uh, you've never talked to before in your life, and you just happen to run across them, you know. Maybe they're having a bad day and something happens, and, and then uh, maybe even they respond to, to you maybe in, an, in, a, uh, in, a, uh, in not a very good good way but then you respond back with kindness and love and, and gentleness and a meek spirit and that which is right and holy and just and then, and then that begins to and then they look at you and think to themselves how in the world can you respond to me like that in such a gentle kind loving uh, in such a gentle kind loving way whenever I was this way towards you 
you. That's the whole idea. Is that whenever we suffer persecution for, uh, for righteousness sake, whether in any way, shape, or form that it comes, that we use that as an opportunity uh, to let the light of Christ and the love of Christ uh, so shine through us and so fill us, so for the purpose of doing what? To make people ask questions. How in the world can they love so much? How in the world can they respond with such a kind, gentle spirit when they've been, uh, when, when such evil things has been said about them or uh, such terrible things has been, has been done to them? How can they do that? How can they live in such a way? And so there in verse 15, he says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And so there's the first truth there. The very first thing I want us to see is, is how are we going to be ready to give an answer? First, you've got to prioritize some things. And that's number one, prioritize the Lord in your heart. Prioritize the Lord in your heart. Listen, you're, a whole lot, you're going to be a whole lot better equipped to give a right answer, the good answer. You're going to be a whole lot better equipped to be able to give an answer whenever you're walking with God and God is the priority. When, when the priority in your life is not to redeem yourself and honor yourself and get revenge and it's about seeking uh, and it's about pleasing God, then things change. Amen? Because when we're all about seeking our own self, uh, our own self will, and our own self pleasure, when we're all about seeking redemption for ourselves because our pride got hurt and all that different kind of stuff, when it becomes all about us, then it's kind of hard to give a right answer. But when it's all about the Lord, when it's all about, listen, I want to please God regardless of where I'm at in this situation. I want to please God, and so what I want to do is, is I want to be able to respond. In a good way. And then you're better, you're going to be better able to respond in a good way when you prioritize God in your life. When you're walking with God and you're praying with God, and when your focus and your goal is to when your focus and your goal is to uh, be pleasing to God and not be so focused on trying to redeem your own self or to try to get revenge on somebody else for something they said or done. When you focus on trying to just be pleasing to God, it's a whole lot easier to give a better to give a better answer. Uh, to the people when they look at you and think to themselves, how can you respond in such a way? Uh, listen, I can tell you this too. When you prioritize God in your life and you're on praying ground and you're speaking, it's a whole lot easier. Listen, it's a whole lot easier to reach out to people. It's a whole lot easier to deal with people. It's a, even folks that's done you wrong. It's a whole lot easier when you're praying for them. It is. It's a whole lot easier when you're praying for them because if you don't pray for them, listen, what we got to do is, listen, when we're facing persecution, people come against us, you know what we got to do? Lord, I'm just praying, God, that you tend to their hearts. God, I'm just praying that you would open up their eyes. Lord, I'm just praying that you'd help, help them to see. God, I pray that you'd tend to my heart. God, I pray that you'd help me to see. Lord, I pray that you would be blessed and pleased in everything that happens. Lord, help me not to seek my own. Lord, help them not to seek their own. But may everything that I do and they do just bring honor and glory to you. God, that's what I desire. God, that's what I won't. I'm not trying to redeem myself. I'm not trying to uh, make up from a hurt pride that's lost. I'm not trying to do any of that. God, I just want us to come together uh, in a meek spirit in God and honor you. And when you start praying, when you start praying for these times, of, these types of things, for people that are coming against you or different persecutions that you're facing in your life, when you start praying for that, it becomes a whole lot easier to be able to speak to them and get a good, give them a good answer uh, whenever they ask you things. So he says there in verse one, there in verse fifteen, he says, "Sanctify the Lord in your hearts." In other words, set apart, set apart God in your life, uh, set Him apart. Let Him be the one that you prioritize in your life. Because when you do that, notice what happens. The Bible says, "Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts." And be ready. First you sanctify God in your heart. You walk with him. And then after you've done that, what happens is, is in the midst of that persecution, you are ready, the Bible says, always to give an answer 
to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is within you. How can you continue to love God? How can you continue to serve God? How can you continue to be, uh, to exhibit such kindness and, and, and forgiveness in your life when, when you've gone through this and, and when you've gone through that? Listen, I would dare say, how can I not continue to love God? When I think about the God that's forgiven me of all the sins that I've ever committed, when I think about the God that's been there for me since the day I was, since the day I was formed in the belly of my mother's womb all the way up to this very moment, when I think about the God that's protected me out on the highways and the hedges and every that I've ever been in my life, when I think about the God that's been that's uh, that's been in my family and protected my family and and led me and guided me and directed me and been there with me every step of the way. Listen, regardless of what I face in life, how can I not? Continue to serve him. How can I not continue to say, listen, yeah, I may have gone through all this, but look how good God is. I'm telling you. Man, there in verse. 15, he says, Sanctify the Lord in your hearts. And bitter ready always to give an answer to every man. But ask you a reason of the hope that is in you. What is the reason of the hope that is in us? Why can I keep serving God whenever I face persecution? Why can I keep serving God when I'm going through difficult times? Because... Look what God's done for me. He sent his only begotten son to die for me. As we talked about this morning, that we are reconciled together with God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I lose my hope and my faith in in my Savior whenever God sent his only begotten son to go to that cross and to die for me? Be nailed to that cross and all the different things that he was willing to endure so that I could be saved. Somebody would say, the persecution that you're going through and they see how you're living it and they see the walk that you have with the Lord and they see that regardless of what you're facing in your life that you still have a desire to sanctify God and prioritize God in your life. You still have a desire to walk with Him and talk with Him and sing about Him and and you still have a desire to serve Him and you still have a desire to give to Him and you still have a desire to tell everybody about Him. And then what what people do is they say, how in the world can you do that when you've been through all these things? How can you continue to do it? Well, I tell you what, there ain't nothing that's ever happened to me that's ever come close to what happened to him. Amen. Ain't nothing that's happened to me ever come close to what's happened to my Savior. And if my Savior, my Savior, the Bible says that we walk in his steps. And if my Savior, my Savior led the way. My Savior led the way. And we see the Apostle Peter in essence showing us here that as our Savior led the way, suffering persecution for righteousness sake, that we should be doing the same. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that, we use it as an opportunity to glorify, glorify him. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? When, Je- when Jesus died on the cross, uh, right before he died on the cross, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. I'll be draw all men to myself, right? If I be lifted up, I'll draw all, uh, then I'll draw all men to me. That was the whole idea. He knew that he was going to suffer persecution for righteousness sake. He knew that he hadn't done anything. He knew that he hadn't sinned, but yet he was willing to go through it all. He was willing to be the one that would take the, the punishment of sin for everyone and die on that cross for us all. And the Bible says there in verse, uh, verse 15 that whenever we, that we need to sanctify ourselves in the Lord, prioritize God in our life, it'll better equip us and help us to be ready to give an answer. Now, the world has an answer. The world has an answer to all kinds of things. We talked a little bit about that this morning. Now, the world would say, well, let me tell you an answer. You're having some problems in your marriage. Listen, this is who, this is what you need to do, and this is who you need, you need to go uh, see this person or talk to this person and, and all of this kind of stuff. I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad, but I'm just saying that what we need to do is, is don't forget about Jesus. Amen. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going and seeking some advice about 
marital problems, but I am saying let's make sure in the midst of it we don't forget about Jesus because Jesus is the answer, right? Jesus is the answer. Uh, the world has an answer for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, you're, you're going through a hard time. You're going through some difficult things in your life. I tell you what, why don't you drink this? Why don't you smoke that? Why don't you take this pill? Why don't you, why don't you do all these different things? It'll help you with this. It'll help you with this. It'll, it'll help you with that. And then by the time you take all of that stuff, you realize that all that stuff that you took is going to cause you more problems than if you just left it alone to begin with. Amen. Listen, I'm not saying don't take your medicine. I didn't, don't go home and say, well, the preacher said I don't need to take my medicine. I didn't say that. Praise God for doctors and, and, and God gives them wisdom. Amen. But I'm just saying in the midst of everything that we do, let us not forget that Jesus is the answer. In the midst of everything we do, in the midst of all of the, in the, midst of all of the questions that the world is asking, and in the midst of all of the questions that the world is asking, that people are spitting out questions from every direction, and the world is doing everything it can to shout out all kinds of different answers. Now listen, there's all kinds of answers, but there's only one right answer. And that's Jesus. And that's Jesus. The Bible says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you. How can you continue to live for God? How can you continue uh, to do what you do? How can you continue to serve? And they're amazed. They ask questions because they see how you live. They ask questions because they see how you respond in your life. So we prioritize God in our life. And the next thing we do is that we proclaim. We prioritize and then we proclaim, which is part of verse 15. Be ready always to give an answer. And as I said, there's the world that does everything it can to supply all different kinds of answers to things that, that go on in our society today. But you know what? You hold the greatest answer book ever written in your, in your hand. The greatest answer book ever written to the questions of all mankind and it's sitting right there in the palm of your hand tonight. And you say, well, preacher, I, I'm, I, I need answers for this and I need answers for that and, and, and I'm praying to God and I'm asking God to help me with this and, and, and God give me an answer for that. Well, let me ask you this. Are you doing all the talking or are you letting God answer? Are you going to read your word, God's word and let him answer you? Something to think about. Because when we pray, we talk to God. When we read God's word, he talks to us. It's a two-way conversation. So what we've got to ask ourselves is we say, well, I've got all kinds of questions and I need some answers. Well, are you letting God answer you by reading his word? Are you letting God answer you by reading his word? Listen, we have the answers to man's greatest concerns in life right there in the palm of your hand. When the, when the final period in the book of Revelation was, uh, was, was jotted down, uh, God saw that what he gave us was a completed, what was, uh, was completed, and that was all that we needed to know uh, for, for his church. Uh, and so God has given us exactly what we need to, to live in this world and to, uh, and to live uh, and to know how to live a righteous life and to know how to follow him. And when we have questions that come up in our life and, different, uh, and people begin to ask us different things, our, uh, our, uh, our response is going to be roughly, uh, I think, um, uh, in part by the fact that we, who we prioritize in our life. Kind of, it's kind of like this. If you know a lot about something, you can talk a lot about it. For instance, for instance, how many of you have ever talked to somebody? Oh, we, we can do it all across, anywhere. Let's say, um, let's say uh, Brother Frank back there. He was a golf coach at Liberty, right? He was a golf coach at Liberty. I couldn't tell you the slightest thing about golf. I know you pick up a club. I know there's a caddy. And I know there's a guy that drives around in the golf cart. And I know that there's 18 holes, I believe. 
I don't know what a par four or five or three, I don't know what any of that stuff is. But I can tell you what, you can talk to a man that knows all about it, and he can tell you anything you want to know. Amen? You can talk to a man, uh, you can talk to a man that knows how to build homes, a carpenter, and he can tell you everything you want to know. You talk to me, Brian, how do I build a house? Well, I know you need to get some wood. I know you need some nails. And get you a hammer. That's about how much I'm going to help you with that. What I'm trying to say is, is when we prioritize God in our life, when we, when we know more about what we're talking about, we are more equipped and more able to give the answer that needs to be given. Does that make sense? Because listen, if I don't know much about a subject, I'm probably not going to talk to you a whole lot about it. Hey, Brian, how do I, hey, preacher, how do I, how do I, how do I fix this engine in my car? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I can tell you some basic things, but I'm probably not going to be able to give you the answer that you really need. So when people are asking answers and saying, how in the world can you continue to live for God when you're facing this persecution? And, and, and man, it seems like, man, you're going through this and you're going through that and you're going through difficult situations. And how in the world can you continue to follow God and trust God in the midst of all of that? Well, let me tell you why. Because I have a God that sent his son, his only begotten son that died on the cross that loved me so much. And, and not only that, not only did he forgive me and he saved me, but he forgave me for all my sins. He forgave me for all time. I'm a, uh, my salvation is eternally secure. My name's written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm looking forward to going to heaven one day and I'm going to live there forever. But I don't deserve it because I know I've done all kinds of sinful things in my life. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I have a God in heaven that sent his son uh, to come to this earth and to die for me, to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my, uh, to be my direction, my compass in my life uh, to, to be everything that I need for him. And the Bible says that there in verse 15, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is within you. So we see we need to prioritize God in our life. When we prioritize God in our life, the more you know something, the more you're going to be equipped to talk about it. And so then we proclaim it uh, there in verse 15, be ready to give an answer. But then we also, there's something else that falls into place there, which is also our practice of living. Notice there in verse 16, the Bible says, Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, that they may be ashamed to falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Conversation, same idea as uh, the conduct, how you live, the things, not just how you speak and the words that you speak, but how you generally live your Christian life. And so we can see that whenever we live a life like Christ, when we live a life like Christ, we are more equipped and better able to be able to give, to be ready to give an answer to every man that asked the hope that was within us. And the, more re- and the reason why we are equipped to do that is because we have sanctified the Lord God in our hearts. And the Bible shows us right here in the text. He says, when people falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ, when they falsely accuse your conduct, when they, when they make claims about you, slander your name, or just ridicule you for whatever reason because, uh, because you're living for God. Listen, the Bible says those that live uh, righteously in Christ will suffer persecution, you know. We will. No matter what you do, you try to live for God, there's always going to be people out there that don't like how you live. There's a world out here that's against you. There's a devil out here that's against you that doesn't like the fact that you're an ambassador for Christ. Doesn't like the fact that you want to lead other people to the greatest person that we've ever met in our whole life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a wicked devil out there that's going to do everything he can to hinder everything that we do about that in your personal life, here in our church, and everywhere else. And so what we do is, is we, uh, there in verse 16, uh, regardless of what we face, we... we 
uh, make sure that we have a conduct, uh, there in verse 16, that we have a conduct that is uh, a good conduct in Christ, a good conversation in Christ, that we are living what we, we're living what we say, that we are living like Him because a Christian is one who is what? One like Christ. That's what, that's what Christian means, one like Christ. And so if we're going to live like Christ, that means that we are going to be like Him, we're going to represent Him, and we're going to tell everybody that we can about Him. And regardless of what goes on in life, man, I've seen all kinds of people uh, that's gone through difficult situations, and people wonder how in the world they can keep their composure, how in the world they can uh, keep going, uh, keep, keep serving God. They've, uh, they've lost this, they've lost this. Man, they went through this, they went through that. How in the world can they keep serving God when they've been through all these difficult things? And, and it is amazing when you see these folks and the persecutions and the different things that they face, how that God uh, gives them peace and God gives them comfort and, and God gives them strength and, and God gives them His presence and exactly what they need. They keep pressing forward. And it makes people sit there and scratch their heads and think to themselves, how can they do that? Well, I probably couldn't have done it on my own, but I can do it with Christ because, uh, because I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Not on my own self, not by my own self, not by my own accord. I have no strength of my own, uh, but I can through Christ. The whole idea is that, listen, when we're facing persecution, what do we do? We live in such a way that we make people ask questions. Wow. How did they respond like that? Why did they respond with such kindness? Why did they respond with such forgiveness and love? How did they, how are they able to, how are they able to, um, um, to deal with this situation or to, or to, uh, to deal with uh, these folks, whoever it may be, that may be persecuting them, how are they able to do that? Make them ask questions. And whenever they start to ask questions, we're ready to give them an answer. I can't do it myself. I can only forgive this person because God's enabling me to. Amen? Listen, sometimes that's the way it is, right? I don't have the strength to forgive these people. And the only reason why I can is because God's helping me. Because my, my heart wants to be bitter. My heart wants to be angry. My heart, uh, my heart has these things inside of it. And the only way that I can do it is because God's helping me. God's strengthening me. And I'm just using that for an example. But there's so, so many others. But the only reason why we can do the things that we do sometimes is because God is equipping us and enabling us. When you're laying there in the bed at night. When you're laying there in the bed at night. And I'm sure you've all probably had a night like this. When you're laying there in the bed at night. And you're... And it's all quiet and everything's dark and you're just laying there and you're laying, your head's on your pillow and you're laying there and you're looking straight up in the sky and all you, all you can see is just a, the ceiling and everything's quiet and everything's dark and you're laying there and you're thinking about everything that's been going on, thinking about the difficult times you've been having and the difficult things that you're facing, maybe whatever persecutions that may be coming your way and you're laying there and you're thinking about all that and you, your mind's running all different kinds of crazy scenarios and, 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 and I tell you, yeah, you know, you can get yourself worked up. You know that? Now you can get yourself worked up. You know that over 90%, they say that what you think about never even happens. And we can get our own selves worked up. We can get ourselves in a tizzy. You know what a tizzy is? We can get ourselves in one. Nobody has to put us in one. We put ourselves there. We can get ourselves in a tizzy. And we can lay there, and the devil don't mind getting you in one. Because you're laying there in the bed at night, and you're looking up at the ceiling, and everybody else is sound asleep. And, uh, and you're laying there and you're looking up at the ceiling. You got all these, you're playing out all this different kind of stuff in your mind. And the devil just sitting there just egging it on. Yeah, what about this? What about this? What about that? What if they say this? What if they do that? What about this? What about this? And man, you're laying there and the next thing you, might, next thing you know, the sun's coming up. 
exactly right. And you have no peace, you have no comfort, and you have none of those things. And the devil succeeded in taking away your sleep and your rest for that night and completely wearing you out for that whole day. And now everybody else is going to feel like they're getting persecuted by you. Yeah? You with me? You know what I'm talking about. So the whole idea as we close tonight is just think about it. When we are suffering persecution in our faith, and granted here in the States, we face nothing like what folks in other countries are facing. Our persecution that we face here can't even, even I don't think, even remotely even compare to what some of these other countries face uh, as far as their Christian faith. Most of us here, we don't have to worry about dying for our faith in Christ. But there's people in other countries that if they even... If they have a Bible, if they speak about the name of Jesus, if they begin to preach about Jesus, if they try to hold some meeting like we're having here tonight and they try to sing songs and they try to do some of the things we have here tonight, they'll get killed. They'll get killed. So I'm just saying, but whenever we face persecution in our life, whether it's people that are saying things, evil things, whatever as we said in verse 17 or 18, I believe, when that comes, when that happens, just remember that that is an opportunity for us to continue living for God Continue living for God. Let His light shine in our life. Amen? Let His love shine in our life. Let His forgiveness shine in our life. Because remember, because remember this. We talked about it this morning. Remember this now. It was Jesus who was the offended that came to us. And as Brother Barry mentioned to me this morning, sometimes we have to give people what they need instead of what they deserve. That was good. Sometimes you got to give people what they need instead of what they deserve. Isn't that what God did to us? He gave us what we needed instead of what we deserved. And when Christ gave us what we needed instead of what we deserved, what did it do? It changed our life. It changed our way of thinking. Because I love Him because He first loved me. And when I saw how much He loved me, it changed my life. So sometimes... In the midst of it all, we've got to give people what they need instead of what they deserve. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank, of you, we thank you this evening for your goodness. We thank you tonight for your blessings, how good you've been. Lord, we can't even imagine how great heaven is. So thankful for that song tonight. What a great reminder of the great blessing that you have given to us tonight. Lord, we pray this evening as we think about all that you've done for us. We've talked a lot about the cross and what you've done for us there. And Lord, we're all so thankful and grateful. But it could be that here tonight, maybe there's someone that don't know you as their Savior. And Lord, we'd like to give them an opportunity to come to know the same Christ that we know. If you're here this evening and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, we definitely want to give you an opportunity to do that. So if you're here tonight... Uh, you know without a shadow of a doubt that you've never prayed and asked the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to be a part of your life. You've never confessed Him as Savior in your life. you never put your faith and trust in Him, and that's something you'd like to do tonight, and we'd love for you to do so. And it's my prayer that you'll not walk out those doors the same way that you came in, that if you're not saved, that you get saved. And if you are saved, that you'll walk out these doors tonight with a greater sense of uh, a greater sense of God's presence in your life a greater sense of his power a greater understanding of his word and being and being better equipped to be able to serve him 
as the piano plays tonight. If you're here this evening, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, nobody's looking but me and God. Or would you just slip your hand up so I can see you? Anybody here tonight? Preacher, I'm raising my hand. I'm letting you know that I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. If I died today, I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven or not. As I speak of anybody here this evening. It could be that you're here tonight and you're just saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm just thankful that God saved me. I'm thankful that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm thankful that Jesus died on that cross for me. And as I sit here tonight, I just want to just pray and ask God to help me just to live for him this week. Help my light shine for him this week. I'm just praying that the Lord would help me to be a godly example, to be the ambassador that I need to be for him and in the workplace, in my home, in my church. I'm just asking God would help me. Preacher, would you pray for me about that? Does that speak to anybody here? Preacher, would you pray for me about that? That's what I want to be. Hands up all over the place. Because I want the same. So we stand to our feet tonight. And we're going to open up the altar. If you'd like to come and pray, you're more welcome to do so. Whatever it could be that God's laid on your heart, if you want to come and pray, come and pray. If it's about maybe some adversity that's taking place in your life, man, come up here and pray about it. If it's about you just want to come up here and just say, Lord, I just want to thank you that I am saved and on my way to heaven. Come up here and thank him and praise him for it. We had a lot of praising tonight. Could be that you're there this evening and you're just saying, you know what, I, I need God's strength. I need God's help. In these different situations in my life. I need God to help me to be ready to give an answer. I need God to help me to make sure that I prioritize Him in my life and that I know how to give the answer. Not the answer that I want to give, but the answer that needs to be given. As we run through this last verse, Amen. Thank you so much for being here this evening. What a blessing to see all of you here tonight. Pray the message was a blessing to you. I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, we're going to be dismissed in prayer, uh, if I could. Uh, brother, uh, brother Jim, I don't know if you can hear me. Would you dismiss us, please?